Hello and welcome to episode 683 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, May 6th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on, man? There are no bees in my office. Whew, that's good. Yeah, I think the beekeeper came and got him. We got a lot of ground screw folks in the league. Kyle Gibson, obviously the preeminent one. Uh, but Derek Beatrick, God, that's funny. It's so easy, but it's so funny, him getting in that bee costume and, and spraying those bees. Where's he been all on... my life? Because like, it feels like I've never really noticed him as a funny guy. And Dude. He, he drew the, the, the mustache on himself yesterday. Uh, and then the beekeeper thing today is this he's like getting his shine, man. And, um, you know, they got rid of Kemp. So he's going to start to play more. You can ask my boy. You can ask my boy, Dusty. He makes fun of me for my love of, of Derek Dietrich. I've always been a fan uh, of his game, too. Now, he really is kind of a platoon guy. But if it's strong side, you can be close to all leagues viable if you just decimate righties. And for those that don't know, just just Twitter search Derek Dietrich mustache. In fact, if you put Derek Dietrich, it'll autocomplete mustache pretty quickly because he wore an eye black mustache and then went boomtown off of some margin. He has the greatest celebrations. Just ask Chris Archer. Archer's a big fan of them. And uh, no, he's he's a character, man. He's yoked out of his mind. And uh, he was in a beekeeper's outfit today because they had a bee delay. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but. Am I crazy, or is there like a bee delay every year? Once. At least one. It feels like there's always some sort of bug or pest-related. Something. One a uh, year, minimum. Yeah, it, it just feels like it. I, I didn't know if the mustache was actually mocking Jeff Samarja's facial hair. Oh, that'd be kind of hilarious if it was. Uh, but it, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet about Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati was the ending location of my longest. Yes, uh, I did uh, see that, and you've told that story here. Yeah, it's so uh, I, I have a long history with Cincinnati, but at no point was it as bad enough to include bees. <laughs> <laughs> there were no bees. There were no bees and, at all. Uh, you know, speaking of, like I said, of of, of yard work, our boy Cal Gibson, an amazing <laughs> tweet out there. I put that for in the rota right up. That was. I I was howling, dude. Oh uh. my. Goodness, I was laughing so hard. Just go read the road to write up. I'm not even going to spoil it. Just, just read it. But uh, let's dive in. We're, we're starting a little later. We usually do Monday mornings. Uh, we decided to to move it. I can get some work done. You can get some sleep. I actually caught a little nap myself. So we're refreshed here in an early evening situation on Monday. So we've got some news to discuss. And then we're going to talk about some buy low hitters. And as I was going through, Justin, I was noticing that every time I picked a guy, a little bit further down the list, there was another guy on his team. So we're doing team pairs. We have 10 guys on five teams, a uh, couple couple garbage bags on each, and we're going to talk to you about whether or not you're going to buy low on them because these are real buy lows here. This yeah. isn't like Jose Ramirez where you would still pay uh, an arm and like at least half a leg, if not a full arm and a leg. This is like stinky. So a and couple so, of garbage bags talking about a couple of garbage bags. Bingo. But let's get into the news. Uh, David Price going to hit the DL. It's not looking like a major situation, kind of a, uh, you know, anytime you hit the DL, it's, it's nerve wracking. I understand if, it, if that player's on your team, but it looks like just one of those barking a little bit on the elbow, just going to hit the uh, hit the IL and, you know, kind of get his time off. But basically the way the Dodgers do with every single one of their guys. Um the good news is that he said the injury is, quote, not even close to as bad as the elbow issue he dealt with for a couple of years that caused him to miss a large chunk of time. So 
shouldn't be too concerning. Looking to miss one to two starts for David Price. What did you think when you saw this? And I know that you and I are cautious when we see IL news, but uh, are are you especially worried here on Price's uh, elbow inflammation uh, IL stint? The first thing I thought of is what I've thought about the majority of injuries this year is why is this season so much worse or feels so much worse? Except we say it every year. Yeah, it's hard. I, I, know, I think it's just, I it's just starting earlier. I think it's I think it's yeah, the whole uh, recency bias type thing where maybe if this was happening in June, we'd bemoan it a little bit, but we wouldn't feel this overwhelmed by it. Well, I think I think the Yankees situation plays into it too because we saw one team get so fully decimated well, look at by the Nationals it. lineup too. Yeah, the Nationals really starting to take the hits. I mean, and then they open a spot for like a Matt Adams, and then he gets hurt. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's frustrating. But yeah, you know, it's it's been crazy. And that's why I think this one's almost refreshing with Price because yeah. it seems like a one to two start, not so bad. Except if you have Price, you've been dealing with this awful pitching landscape, and one of your best arms is going to hit the IL. So to that angle, it is pretty pretty frustrating. And I I I, I have it feels suffered like that. the Snell news where it's like, oh, it's it's annoying and frustrating, especially because the news broke after Fab. Yes. That at the same time, it's just be grateful this isn't like a Clevenger situation or, or Kluber or Rodon. Kluber. Yeah, yep. so uh, just hold tight and and you know keep moving forward. So yep. uh, no, don't, don't, don't cut. Don't use the trash bags that they're going to be rolling out in the rotation. I instead. was almost verbatim going to say that. So uh, mo- moving on, you know, with all these injuries, at some point they have to come back. So there's next three bits of news are about guys who could be coming back. And then I will cap it off uh, at the end of the news section with one who isn't coming back uh, on time. But Matt Olson, back Tuesday, question mark? He could be. We don't know. But uh, let's say let's say he is. Let's say it, it's, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, like this week, one of the next few days. I think the real question isn't so much exactly which day Matt Olson comes back, but what are you expecting when he does come back? Hamate bone can sap injury. It's not a guarantee but it is one of those – it is a worrisome injury. And, uh, you know, I know when, when he suffered that injury, Matt Olson did, I was I was super sad because I really, really uh, was excited about him this year. And so to have a handmade injury, which, uh, off, like I said, often saps some power, was a little bit uh, saddening. What do you think about Matt Olson as he has an impending return? If it's not tomorrow, it should be within a few days of that. Ooh. Well, that that's a good question because – I mean, he's already hit a home run in his rehab, uh, mm-hmm. and he's had what in his last three rehab starts, he's gone one for five, one for five, two for five. So he's hit the ball, and there's been no reoccurrence of pain. So that's a good sign. Yeah. But we do worry about, like you said, these these handmade bone injuries sapping power for a little bit of a time. I had dropped him in the uh, Rotowire. Uh, online championship just because i wasn't been... i wasn't gonna hold on to him uh i didn't realize he's gonna be back this quick that being said I, i'm not too worried about it. if he goes off he goes off uh i mean obviously if you've held on this long just run him out there i guess yeah i've been fortunate enough that i that i hung on uh in all the leagues that i had him even a 10 team only uh head-to-head league where my IL spots there's only two but even though I dealt with some other injuries, I was able to kind of shuffle around and still keep Olsen there on a just-in-case situation. And so I'm I'm pretty happy that Olsen's on his way back. But again, I don't really know what I'm 
what I'm going to get here. So th- there is that aspect to it uh, with Olsen. And so I agree. If you held on this song, run him out there. Now, if you have him or if he's available, what, what do you do there? Is it somebody that you're going to go out and try to get? Or or how are you reacting to Matt Olsen on the waiver wire in a 10 or 12 team league? Are you rushing to get him? Or I think if he's on the waiver wire, I'm rushing to get him. But I'm not going to go out and trade for him. Let me throw so, some names then. All right. Because in the online championship where I was able to finagle around Olsen and keep him, I ended up becoming remarkably deep at first base. My boy Max Muncy's uh, on fire against lefties. He's not even in the consideration here. What about uh, Daniel Vogelbach or Matt Olson? Ooh, that's a good one. I know Vogel- well, let me just let me just bring the other guy in then too and okay. make it a three way. Christian Walker. I got both of those guys now, along with Muncy at my first base corner util. And I'm not even sure that Olsen's going to – I'm not putting him in this week. I, I, I think I'm going to – or I can wait till Friday, so I'm not going to take the chance that he comes back today because uh, those other guys are playing Monday, and so I, I'll get those extra games anyway. But uh, when they come back, it's like, what, how do you rank those three? Christian Walker, Daniel Vogelbach, Matt Olsen, rest of the season. I think I'm still putting Olsen first. But it, I, I think Christian Walker is the one – to really discuss, because Vogelbach, while he, he, he was good for a stretch there, has actually not been very great over the last two weeks. He's hitting like 200 mm-hmm. with one home run over his last two weeks. So is he your clear third? He's my clear third, especially because there may be a crunch for playing time once other guys start coming back for... Uh, you know what's wild he's about so that, though? Defensively, he's so bad defensively. Yeah, that that's true. But you know what's wild about that? He is indeed struggling. Vogelbach is. Uh, you're not wrong about that. And yet he still leads the American League in OPS. He's got a 6.75 in his last uh, 12 games, nine of which are starts. So it's only 41 plate appearances uh, in that time for Vogelbach. Since that spans from April 21st till today, or till yesterday, I should say, Sunday the fifth. And, you know, so it's cut into his numbers, and yet his 1119 OPS and 679 slug still lead the AL. So, I mean, it just tells you how great he was through April 20th with all nine of those homers. Yeah, and, and Walker hasn't had a homer in the last two weeks either. So, this is, <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to go Olsen here, but I'm going to lean Walker over Vogelbach. I am as well. Because um, while Walker hasn't, hit a home run since the 22nd he's still uh, hitting for average correct uh, yeah. a healthy 261 i've got no issues with that you know walk in um even without a homer he has a 768 ops which is not knocking your socks off but when you have no homers and you're still a stone's throw from 800 i like that and and, and walker's been smashing the ball and lamb's out for a little while longer so he's got time to uh, kind of entrench himself as a starter and have forced them to move Lamb across the diamond. Agreed. Agreed. So that's how I'm going to rank them as well. Olsen, Walker, Vogelbach uh, at first base there. But yeah, take a look. If you're struggling at first base a little bit, we talked about how there was some uh, you know, lack of star power there. So maybe you were piecing it together. If Olsen's still available, take a shot. But I agree. Don't necessarily go trade for him. Now, I put a question mark at the end of the Matt Olsen one. This one has an exclamation point because it seems like it's locked in. It should in. have a question mark because updated oh, okay. news I thought... is that he's 
Uh, we're, we're talking about Otani. Shohei Otani. I put back Tuesday. No, I think I think you need to maybe change that one or leave it, Dang. and then people can hear this discussion. Uh, okay, even better. <laughs> because he's going to join the team on Tuesday and be reevaluated. Oh, okay. Uh, and, okay. And Billy Epler said he's hopeful that he will be able to uh, actually you know, play at some points uh, on their road trip, which starts Tuesday. So yes, I think Detroit. there was a little bit of confusion in terms of when he's starting. This is still good news, obviously, for Otani uh, mm-hmm. owners who have been stashing him for a while. Uh, that being said, I'm interested to see how this plays out over a full season. I still contend that I don't know that they're going to, especially this team does not look like it's going to compete this year, even though I think some people thought it could. I thought they could. I thought. I thought uh, you were wrong. I thought they it's could okay. have a, a good enough, um, you know, hitting base, including. But it, it was including Otani. Yeah, to and, quite, to and quite a knows? substantial degree. Otani could provide quite a bit of uh, pop for that lineup, and I think he is a a much better hitter than I initially had thought. That being said, I wonder how they're going to handle his rehab for pitching from Tommy John, mm-hmm. and if they're going to continue to do it. Uh, at the major league level while he hits or if he's going to be sent down at times for him to get starts against minor leaguers or it just this is a situation unlike I, I think he's gonna we've seen throw like simulated games I wonder I we've never seen a situation like this at the no major you're right level. it's and, completely foreign and I think uh, everybody, no pun intended there yeah I think everybody who had set ideas on what was going to happen coming into the season were just guessing, and this is why I stayed away from him as a hitter in spite of you know a fairly decent price in draft season. That being said, if you've got him already, you're just holding on and hoping for the best that he Which doesn't do. get kind of sent up and down, up and down, because that will be frustrating, especially if your team has already suffered injuries like I'm sure most teams have and have full IL spots. I have him in TGFBI, and uh, so we'll we'll see we'll see what's what. Uh, there, you know, there was there could be an opening. I wouldn't I wouldn't be against uh, putting him in for a, a a Colton Wong, who I've got in that spot right now in the in the UT spot. You know, he's certainly come back to earth. But yeah, I think I can I think I can fit Otani in there. And of course, you know, it, like you said, he was an excellent hitter last year. And um, the one of the beauties of, of well, we'll see if he's allowed to though. But he could steal bases as well. Now I don't know if they're going to allow him to because I don't know if you want him diving in there head first to uh, to be safe on stolen bases or what. It's going to be really interesting to follow though. What I do want outside of the fantasy aspect though is just to see him playing because he's an exciting player. Shohei Otani is. And so I just want to see that. So we'll see uh, more of a question mark than an exclamation point. The news I'd read earlier. Oh, breaking news. A couple pieces of breaking news. I, I was just going to uh, Twitter to look up something for the Otani discussion uh, and came across one that uh, Anthony Rendon will be activated tomorrow. Okay. Uh, according Sweet. to uh, the Nationals uh, manager. So that, that covers – I had a little poll out there today about uh, – Go with Tim Beckham for the four games, or or gamble on uh, Rendon for three games. I and so I'm going to go ahead and now. go Rendon. Yep. Uh, and then AJ Pollock will miss at least six weeks yeah, because yeah. of a central catheter inserted into his bicep. 
That's that's Which awful, is dude. Supposedly like, good news. No, no way, dude. No way. <laughs> no way. Too poor, dude. Like that's. Uh, oh like, yeah. I I understand. Like I I've given him a lot of heat over the years for being injury prone, and people have fired back. And I I think we can say that he is injury prone. This this is not part of that equation. This is an infection inside from a previous surge. Like this is just unfortunate. And dude, just is there, can't is there like any break. sort of like malpractice there i mean i don't is it just is it just so. a risk is it is it yeah, like part of the risk of surgery uh because that is that is a tough scene man that's unbelievable and that really sucks now it does clear the path for verdugo somebody i really did like but i did kind of pull away from I, I, i'm not going to compare this to the to the bellinger thing because uh, you know where the playing time wasn't necessarily there um because he was just fully capped off, and it wasn't by any sort of Adrian Gonzalez fossil. Their outfield was locked and loaded and had backups to the backups. Like Verdugo was going to get his, his scant playing time here as like a fourth, fifth. But now he has, a, now he has a, a clearer path for at least six weeks. I think he could take and run with it, though. I, I, I'm a fan. I know that uh, you have some concerns, but... You know, his batting average guy, and with this bouncy ball that we're using, I think his power can play up from what we've seen out of Verdugo in the minors. I I think he's an all-formats guy right now. I don't know if he's all-formats, but I'd say probably 12-team and deeper. He, he should be picked up. It's at least worth it. Like you said, I think the power plays up a little bit because of the juice ball situation. He's always been able to uh, hit for uh, contact. Yeah, good bat-to-ball so, guy for uh, Alex Verdugo. I've always been a fan of his skills. There's some off-the-field issues mm-hmm. that I'm not necessarily allowed to talk about publicly that uh, um, <clears throat> that have been concerning me. But even when I brought those up on you know prior to the season, I said, like, in Dynasty, I'd be selling him. In redraft, I'm fine with going after him because he had no price attached to him. He was like a top, like he was outside the top 300. I want to say. Yeah, he was not. Uh, Verdugo was not expensive, and so now you have a you have a piece here. Um, for sure, 12 teams. I do think some 10 teamers though. The, uh, the problem on... with the problem with the Dodgers is they just have so many. They rotate everybody. Yeah, and they they love to platoon. Yes. Like they're going to play, even if for some reason he grabbed that center field job and, like you said, ran with it, and they moved either they moved him or Pollock to left, and, and Peterson hit the bench. He'd still be platooning with David Freeze. So annoying. So or or Chris Taylor. So, like it's it, it's strong side of the platoon, which is great. At the yeah. same time, it still limits his upside. It does, and and it would curb what Alex Verdugo could do to your batting average because volume would would be shortened. But I think right now you kind of go with it, and and again you got a six six week runway here, twenty uh, three year old top prospect type who could really uh, who could really take off here in, in the in the short term. Now uh, was that just piece one of your breaking news? What else do you have? Oh no, the other piece was uh, well I, I said the other piece didn't I? Uh, you said AJ Pollock only. No, it ran down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm just updating the rundown. I mean, right I could now. add just random. No, no, pieces no, 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 no. We'll move on. You would like. Uh, we're going back to another potential return here, and this one is question mark as well, because this one's even further away. These other ones were Tuesday. This Austin Meadows is he's aiming for the weekend, uh, returning from that finger injury or, or thumb injury, I should say. 
he was obviously an absolute monster, one of the very best, uh, very best players going uh, to start the season before he was cut down by this thumb injury. We'll see what goes what goes on here. He's got he got through Monday's workout with no issues. He's going to go through a full workout on Tuesday, then a couple rehab games, and then back against the Yankees if it goes as as hoped. Uh, if so, that'd be a couple weeks out, uh, just a little two week stint huge, there for Austin huge Meadows for my fantasy or for my yeah, event team. <laughs> would be absolutely fantastic. And because you like as you mentioned, main event they allow midweek. So you would be able to put him on for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Austin Meadows. Now, any residuals that you worry about with, with the thumb as far as like grip and maybe affecting the power or obviously no. it's full systems go. But would you have any concerns? I don't think so. I, I think the Rays are they have a lead in the division already. I don't think that they're necessarily worried or that they're going to risk his long term future in terms of this season or past that if they have any concerns at all. So I think the fact that he is already uh, on the way back is a really good indication that he's totally fine. Yep, I think I would agree with that for sure with regards to Austin Meadows. So that's good news for folks that lost him. All right, now let's talk about some red stuff. And we're going to kind of run the gamut here from uh, a performance, because there was a day game today in an interesting wraparound series, to a young player coming up to another bit of injury news, and then we'll get into the buy-low pairs. Nick Senzel, two homers. It's early, but man. It should <laughs> the have been hype, three. The hype train. Wait, what happened? Uh, I, did you not see the Kevin PR uh, robbery oh, no, over no, the no, weekend? No, 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 no. I, I did see it. He hit two homers today, I'm saying. Oh, my God. I didn't even. He, I, it could, I was could have been his second the... two-homer game. Yeah, yeah, I see. What, I know what oh, you're saying. Oh, wow. So the game that, that – Senzel I saw actually hit one. his first homer. Yeah, was um, was his second homer of that game. Kevin Pillar robbed him. So I put second homer in extreme quotes because obviously if he catches it, it's not a homer. But he could have been two that game, and then he hit two today, Monday for Nick Senzel. So he has three on the ledger. Did he hit them both off court. of uh, trash bag? Uh, yeah, he hit them both oh. off of Pomeranz. Pomeranz got uh, blitzed, and Senzel was leading off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I he saw is... the first one. Uh... The, the, the lead off to start the game. What um, an injection to this lineup already. I mean, he just he looks he looks the part right off the top. And you know, batting it's only hit two thirty five or whatever. It's the pop and the confidence. And I know confidence you can't measure it or whatever, but just watching him, if 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 you told nobody, it couldn't be like a nothing baseball fan or, or nobody that doesn't like baseball, but somebody that like likes baseball but doesn't know the players, you just told them to pick out some of the veterans, they would tab Senzel. In my opinion, they say that, okay, that guy batting there is one of them. This guy here, you know, because he just, he's ready to go, man. And I think this could be a If it hadn't been for injuries, he would have been been there right from Jump Street. I think he would have been up last season uh, and starting opening day this year. So let's talk some projections then because Senzel is up now and he's not going anywhere barring some sort of unforeseen just disaster so and that's not what we're planning for here we're not planning for like a one for 40 so he's up rest of the way he's gonna now get five months of work what can nick senzel do because he's also got some speed too so he could be a real dynamic fantasy player so let's put some numbers to it give me an average homer output and a steal output for nick senzel two are we are we talking end of the year numbers 
So am, yeah, I, am yeah. I including these uh, these three yeah, home yeah. runs already? Yeah, Throw in the three homers and the uh, and you know the the two thirty five average so far, which could flip on a dime, of course. Twenty three home runs. Okay, so another twenty. Nine stolen bases. So eight more. Two seventy three forty. Um, Just hit like two eighty the rest of the way. Yeah, four fifty is a triple slash. <sighs> That's such a dynamic player, man. I just think, especially the the one issue I had, kind of in terms of where he was at developmentally, was the power. Was the power going to show at the beginning? And I think that question, along with the fact that we have juice balls, yes, uh, is answered now. It Might was, already be out the window. He should games. have four home runs in his first what four games, yeah. uh, and <laughs> so this is. Uh, he obviously the power, especially playing in Cincinnati in that band box, uh, gr- uh, the Great American Ballpark. Uh, I think they're gonna fly. Uh, I have, n- I, I, I wish I'd gotten more shares. Honestly, it's is, I've got it. I've got a few shares, but they're all dynasty related. Uh, I didn't take any shots on them in redrafts, and I'm regretting it. Using the bat, you essentially uh, on their rest of season projections, you essentially gave him a David Dahl, um, and. Or Austin Meadows. It's right. In fact, Dahl, you kind of nailed it, it, it uh, as a comp. It would be 20 homers, eight steals, 268 for Dahl. And then Meadows is at 21, 10, 273. So you got Senzel like smack dab in between them. I think Dahl which is a feels really right. good statistical comp, too, because Absolutely. they both have injury risk. And yep. as much as I think that is what Senzel can do the rest of the way. We have to remember that this is a guy that has not been able to stay on the field, whether it be through injury or health concerns like vertigo. So uh, I think there's obviously some risk. I think now is the perfect time to sell in a redraft if you want to try to get a mint. Uh, But I can also understanding just holding on and hoping for the best. Yeah, I I think I think you really can go either way because you can get a big return on Senzel. Or you just ride it out and say, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with this. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But I waited my time, and I want the potential uh, super dynamic f- fantasy asset here with Nick Senzel because, you know, with the way the ball is flying, he could even push that homer total. Uh, to be quite honest, and he could be more of in the caliber of. Let me look at this. More of like a, what what he has down for Will Myers or Charlie Blackman rest of season, which is 24-11 oh, for Will Myers, and then and, uh, 23-10 for Blackman is what the bat has rest of season. So um, lots to like out of Nick Senzel already. Now, they called up a guy. What is a Josh Van Meter? What, what, what do you measure with a Josh Van Meter? <laughs> I don't know, but do you think he could have gotten hit off a of Joe Van Meter? Yes, for sure. What is going on with this guy? So he is I, – I, I said young guy on purpose when I was kind of setting up this segment. I was careful really not to say prospect because he's not like prospect in how we think of it. In 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 that any minor leaguer is a prospect to some degree, right? But this is not some you know big timer or anything, not even really rating on the list. He was in the other prospects of note for the uh, – for the for the Cincinnati Reds list, yeah, he was, was that, like the fringe five from Sestuli, like. and then and yes, and that's that's the kind of guy that he is. But if you're familiar with Sestuli and fringe five, you know that that is a resounding uh, 
endorsement. In fact, that that really excites me. When I first went to Van Meter's page yesterday and saw that he was on, that's the top piece, was that he was in uh, the no, the September 4th Fringe 5. I was like, oh, snap, I'm in. So he, he didn't even make this year's prospect list because, uh, you know, 24, you know, they just – he you just know, didn't uh, the Reds have like, an improved system that's exactly better, and uh, and I mean, this guy kind of came out of nowhere last yes. year. Let's like, get into the sexiness. Let's talk about the numbers that he's putting up. I mean, his so, he's got video game numbers for this correct. season. You'd have AAA. to turn up the difficulty if you're if you're if you're doing this. It'd be like, well, come on, just play you're on a higher. Ro- yeah, you're in rookie mode. You need to move to professional. Yeah, you're not you're not being challenged. So I'll set it up. Give you last year's AAA. 98 games, 362 plate appearances. Hit 11 homers, 45 ribbies, 5 steals, 253, 309, 464. It was good for a 114 WRC+. plus. As a 23-year-old, it's not awful. You feel like it's somebody who can maybe be a 26th, 27th guy. Over the course of you know a 500 plate appearance season, this is pretty darn good, right? Yeah, perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. This year, age 24, Josh Van Meter in 131 plate appearances, so almost a, a – almost like a third of, of what he did last year in terms of playing time. 13 homers, 31 ribbies, five steals matching the five that he had last year. 336, 431, 736. Out of his mind. Lowered the strikeouts, doubled the walk rate, 186 WRC+. plus, Just absolutely devastating. Now, obviously, they're using the new balls down in AAA, but he's also made some changes. Like that, I think there has been some stuff already written about how he did sell out a little bit last year uh, in the second half. Uh, Van Meter did to get some power. We're and, also not talking about the PCL, which is a historical hitters. Uh, yeah, league. this is IL. Yeah, or, I guess you can't say that now. But this is this is uh, this is uh, international league stuff. So this is this is kind of interesting. Um, you know. When Carson wrote about him, he said he's always exhibited strong bat-to-ball skills, some defensive versatility. He lacked power on contact uh, or the capacity to play shortstop that would have made, rendered him more major league likely or, or more major league ready right away. Well, now all of a sudden, he's kind of changing that game up a little bit. And I want to bring in the other piece of news here because Scooter Jeanette, not expected to return in May. His earliest return date was May 27th. He himself said... That we're not going to make that. We're still working. Nothing. It's not like devastatingly bad news. But he knows that he's not going to make his his uh, earliest date. So we're looking at early June now. So that might clear a little runway for uh, Van Meter if he can do anything to kind of finagle his way in there. And w- when you factor in uh, the release of Matt Kemp as well, that's part of why Derek Dietrich, the aforementioned. Uh, was a big pickup this week too because he can kind of finagle around the infield and outfield. So a lot of stuff going on in Cincinnati. Let's get back to Van Meter. What do you expect and where would you pick him up? I think I would pick him up in a 15-team league. I don't know what to expect, but he could play so many different positions that he's one injury away from full-time playing time. Mm -hmm. And he's shown power and speed. He's already got stolen base. Uh, on a pinch running uh, appearance. I guess that's what you call that. Yeah. Uh, so he's obviously shown he can steal bases, uh, you know, a little bit at the major league level. So uh, to your point, all four infield positions and left field in the yeah. minors is where, where he's playing. So he's bounced around. He's not because he doesn't really have that shortstop glove. 
and uh, you know Iglesias has a great glove and is actually hitting pretty well too. So that that avenue he would only be spotting at short. So it's like, can he bump Peraza off second base? Can he get into the outfield mix? Uh, he's also a lefty. Van Meter is and Dietrich. They both are, so they don't fit as like a natural platoon. So playing time is going to be Dietrich's tough. Dietrich's going to slow down at some point. I mean, they're, no, they're, he's not. He, you yeah, you shut your mouth. Not going to Derek Dietrich. He loves to kill bees. And wear uh, eye black uh, mustaches. So, but it's it's not like if they, if they really want to get his bat in the lineup, it's not like Jose Iglesias is that good of I or Peraza because Iglesias is actually performing well. Guess Peraza's, what, Jose Peraza's been better of late, no, hasn't he? No, no, he's garbage. Don't look up his numbers. I want you to guess what his WRC plus. Is. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, um, well, I'm guessing it's low. So it's sixty nine. You're way too high. Oh, really? I just like, figured that would have been nice. Yeah, I mean, it would have been very nice. I agree. It's 28. So even if he has been playing well, quote-unquote, of late, that would be like two games where he got a hit. That, well, that's if what you include today's well 0 for 5 appearance, it's actually up to 30. Like, how does that work? <laughs> Sick, dude. How does that work? <laughs> he went 0 for what? 5, and they counted... Him, and he uh, got a 75 WRC plus. Oh, OBP. Um, no, he says didn't he has have a, any. Oh no, he. I know, he, but it says 400. But there's no walk. Did he get hit? He must have gotten hit. Okay. Yeah, uh, hit by pitch. That's my guess. Yeah. Do you imagine hitting him? The easiest out in the lineup, Jose Peraza. I know. God, I'm. I don't root against guys, but like. You just couldn't pay me to buy in on that guy after even after the 14 homer and 23 steal season last year, and I'm just like this. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know confirmation bias, et cetera, et cetera, but it's it's brutal. This is the avenue for Van Meter and for Dietrich though too, because Dietrich can kind of mess around infield outfield. So with these video game numbers, you said you'd pick him up in 15 team, which means you'd also pick Van Meter up in NL. I'm not going to pin you to some numbers, but like he went for two seventy something in an L tout yesterday. What? Because <sighs> like, like, let's. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it was uh, not it was a thousand. Way so. more than I would have bid. Oh, I. But I mean, I these numbers bid. are disgusting. So like, and and, and who else is going to come up in the National League? That's the thing. Yeah, NL only. I I I scooped him in my NL only, but not for near that that kind of the price. The bidding has been rough in, in NL Tout this year. I mean, guys are if the, there's like two of us, me and me and Tristan Cockcroft, who are uh, obviously hoarding our fab for the trade deadline, um, mm-hmm. and then the, everybody else is just. You know, double barrel guns blazing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, it, but that's what I think. What you have if you're playing in an only league, and you're not saving your fab for for the midway point, uh, then, go. then go. Like, do not get outbid. Like, do yeah, not. Don't, don't be in the middle. Don't be the second, third bidder all the time. And then you know you're not getting any of the players, and you didn't really plan that you wanted to be in for the. Uh, you should also the be. Dental. You should also be snagging some of these guys a few weeks early. So, like I yes, snagged I Q Boom uh, a few weeks early uh, or a few weeks ago for a buck. Uh, so then I don't wow. have to spend. Did? Yeah, nicely done, dude. Um, and like yesterday, I bid a dollar on Isan Diaz 
So like those are the kind of guys that you should be in NL or AL only. Like you Miami should be prospect. getting ahead of uh, some of these prospect call ups. Yes, that, that that that's a great call. Um, Starling Castro, brutal. Uh, Miguel Rojas not blocking anybody. And so Isan Diaz is the is a Miami Marlins prospect. I know Miami, you know, that's not something that you're like dying to get, and he's not exactly tearing up AAA. But he's 23. At some point, they should just bring him up and say, "Hey, let's see if you can." Mm-hmm. If and you can he's get not it. he's not one of those prospects that you're worried about holding back the arbitration number. That's what I'm saying. So, like yeah. you know, if he goes on a on a heater for 15 games. Get him up right away for Isan Diaz. So yeah, you got to jump on those early. Uh, but yeah, I, I got Van Meter. What do you think about this? And then, no, I cut I cut Jung Ho Gung for him. It's an, it's an OBP league. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And uh, yeah, it's just like you know what? Gong, for as hot as Gong was in uh, uh, spring. spring training, he's looked truly atrocious at the plate. And the the thing of it is, is he actually has kind of emulated that spring training, where the only thing he's doing is hitting homers. But with a 146, 213, uh, 329 around it. So I was like, you know what? My offense is what's holding me back. I've actually got really good pitching. Uh, I have the second best pitching in that league. And it's kind of teeing me off that that my hitting is so poor. Thank you, Joey Votto. I take you in an OBP and you have like a 350, which is not bad. But I expect him to be, you know, the carrying, uh, the, you know, the, the, the foundational piece for the OBP. And so, yeah, I figured, you know what? Let's just take a shot here and see if this Van Meter guy is anything. And I did not have to break the bank either. So, um, uh, And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that Peraza is going to bounce back. So, well, he can't be worse unless he's going to be out of I mean, baseball. He's got a 228 BABIP right now. Yeah. No, uh, he'll be better. My, my, Like I said, my confirmation bias aside on – you know what I am concerned about, though, is that he's striking out so much more. Double uh, his strikeout rate. And he's chasing yeah. more. Um, the swing strike rate. Well, I guess he's not making a, as much contact. But it's it, not. It's, it's not. It's terrible. The, it's the swinging outside the zone that's really killing him because correct. I mean, he's still making ninety six percent zone contact. Yeah, it, it it it's chasing that's that's got Jose Peraza messed up right now because a swinging strike rate jump of two point three ticks. Uh, is not enough to double your strikeout rate. Yeah. So it's really chasing. Though I mean, uh, the eleven percent from last year was unsustainable. That that, that was going to come. It was going to come up anyways. But this is also one of the problems you have with guys who don't walk. Is yep. when things go bad, they can go very, very bad. They can go very sour. Speaking of going bad, great segue. Let's get on this segue together and go talk about some buy low hitting pairs. Got two guys on these teams. Both doing terribly. And like I said, we're going for real buy lows. I, I get really frustrated listening to other stuff in the industry. And they come with the weakest shit for buy low. And I'm just like, no one is selling that guy cheaply. It, it's 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 worthless. Like I, I mentioned Jose Ramirez earlier. And I'm trying to think of some other names that are kind of in that vein of like everyone knows that you know they're going to bounce back or at least believes that they are. So they're not going to sell them cheaply. I mean, you might get – you're not you're not paying first round for Jose Ramirez, but to me, paying second round is not really buying low. Like like you're still cutting a big leg out from your team to go get Jose Ramirez. These stink bags, whew, you might not have to give up much of anything. Some of these guys are on waiver wires in leagues. So let's jump right into it. Let's start in Colorado, the best place to hit. Uh, but these two are really challenging that. They're trying to show you know what? It's not that great a place to hit. It's really actually pretty hard because we're terrible. Uh, they fought it out in uh, in spring, and you know I was like, 
eventually I was I was siding with one guy, Garrett Hampson, and I said, you know what, whoever wins this, I want him. And I got some Ryan McMahon. And you know what? I don't want either of them. They're garbage. <laughs> Garrett Hampson, 195, 221, 280. Ryan McMahon, markedly better, and yet only 241, 337, 373. And the best part about Ryan McMahon, and I put best in the biggest sarcasm possible because two of his three homers were likely not uh, garnered by any team because uh, if, unless you're in a daily and you happen to get him in because he came back early, randomly, popped two homers, and then people could get him. I think I believe that, it was a Thursday. That's the brutal part for me because, like, in tout, you can't reactivate someone until the next day that they're activated. Yep. yep. So, and, yeah. And so, yeah, that, that, that was frustrating. It was a Thursday, the April 18th, so you could get him in on Friday. Sweet. Freaking sweet. So anyway, uh, these two here, who are you more apt to buy? And uh, let's start talking what we think the, re- the rest of the season looks like for McMahon and Garrett Hampson. Well, it's a good thing I was not high on either of these guys. Cu- oh. <laughs> wait a minute. Checks notes. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I- I'm sticking with my boy Garrett Hampson. Picked him up in the, uh, in the Beat Justin Mason League. Uh, Rotoware online championship this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Got him, I think, for twelve bucks, and there like was it. no secondary like bid. Uh, I think people are just ready to cut bait on him, and I know it's been ugly. And but that being said, a guy with his hit tool, his uh, patience at the plate, uh, his batting eye should not be struggling the way he is. I think this his is... hit tool is the toolbox locked. Can somebody get the key? Yeah, him? I think that's the. I, I think part of the problem is baseball is a rhythm sport, and he's yep. not getting full time. Yeah, playing time, but like the underlying skills aren't necessarily bad. He's still making ninety percent zone contact. He's only swinging outside the zone twenty percent of the time. Uh, this is Hampson, by the way. Yes, uh, Hampson. That we're talking about. And I, I can't understand. I think it's just a matter of time before these hits start falling in. Uh, I agree. I also loved Hampson. We were we were very pro Hampson. Um, it hasn't worked, obviously, but I too, uh, you know, have bought back in in some spots. I've kind of kept my shares. The, the aforementioned NL only where I got Van Meter. I also have Hampson, and so you can, and I mentioned I have Votto, and I got some other. I got Jesus Aguilar for a dollar. Like, sorry, not gonna make it all about that team, but you can understand why the offense has been bad. But um, yeah, it just seems like. If he could just get a little rhythm going, it, it could get in the right direction. A 250 Babbitt with his speed and contact shouldn't last. And yes, he has a 25% strikeout rate, but an 8% swinging strike rate just doesn't marry with that. Like it just, he's not a strikeout guy. No, I, I, I just think that the turnaround is coming as long as the Rockies don't send him down. I think that is the big question mark is with the way he's hitting the Rockies could easily rationalize well he just needs more seasoning at triple and full and full time yes yeah. they, they could send Hampson so, down that being said uh like I said I, I I picked him up in a league yesterday that's a 12 team league so uh, obviously 12 teams and deeper if he's sitting out there on the waiver wire he's worth a spec pick I wonder if there's any kind of maybe general soreness from carrying my entire injured uh, <laughs> main event team on his back. Maybe that's the reason he's struggling. Back tightness. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think you have to have like a crazy reserve. Like I know some folks play 10 teamers and they make the reserve like seven plus guys to try to make it play deeper. 
that and so if it emulates more of a 12 team you could you could go for Hampson there otherwise just kind of put them on your watch list and see if it gets going I think 12 team is where you really want to start to look at Hampson uh 10 team I'm just more keeping an eye let's shift over to McMahon because he's done he's done a good bit more but again that's because Hampson set the bar so low uh McMahon has gotten a little bit more time now he has an IL stint already on that that's what he was coming back from uh to hit those two homers where are you at currently on him and is McMahon somebody that you would go scoop in the uh, 12 teamers and and deeper where he's available I think I would scoop him uh I I mean I think he's shown that he can hit for power at the uh, in the major league level I mean he's done all this damage uh the three home runs since uh since returning from the IL so I I mean it's mostly if we were just looking at his numbers since returning it's you know, 259, 348, 414 with three home runs and a stolen base for a, what, two and a half, three week period. That's that's not bad numbers. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, I'm not really worried about him in the slightest for the most part, which is actually, now that I'm saying this, making me feel more troubled about Garrett Hampson's chances <laughs> because where is he? Because he cuts play? him off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um yeah, it, and obviously Story's not not going anywhere. He's locked and loaded at that point. But Daniel it, Murphy it goes, has been dealing with stuff again. Yes, shockingly. and then that would open first base back up to put McMahon there, and then Hampson at second or Hampson in the outfield. I'm sorry, uh, Ian Ramil Desmond. Tapia I, is been yeah, playing he's so well though. That's that's the problem is. They've got other guys that are they're playing decently. I mean, Tapia's what hitting two seventy one, three nineteen, five sixty five with four home runs and a stolen base this year. Yeah, so that kind of cuts that out. And if if Desmond did finally get jettisoned, either to the bench or to the sun, uh, Tapia would take over center on a more permanent basis, and it would be Dahl, Tapia, Blackman. Um, so, yeah, it, it is going to be tough for Hampson to kind of find that consistent playing time. As far as McMahon goes, yes, I am sticking with him, and I would scoop him up. I think even in 10-teamers, um, I'm more inclined to get him, even if it's not a super deep reserve roster, because he is kind of getting that playing time. Whoops. And uh, and, and, God, and doing turn well. turn off your phone. Jeez, unbelievable. <laughs> As I'm the person who messages. I know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, McMahon, we're in on Hampson. We are too, but it has to be a deeper league. Um, but just kind of stick with these guys. And I'm sticking know, with they've both. Got, and yeah, if, if we're two or three weeks down the line and, and one of them hasn't turned it on, uh, then I'll cut them. But I'm for right now, I'm, I'm giving them at least another two to three weeks. Well, they've got a homestand right now that kind of started at the end of last week. And that, that goes into Boston and then Philly as well. Two other good hitting parks. And uh, for Hampson, at least, the, the little two-game set in Boston is against two lefties. It is Sale and Eduardo well, Rodriguez. I believe five of their six in Colorado yes. against lefties. Correct. So this Bumgarner, is the week for Hampson. Lauer, Lucchese, and uh, Mark. Mar- uh, I was saying vicious. it incorrectly. No, I, that is incorrect. Uh, I call him Marky. Uh, Marky, I like Marky, but they, they said it. Markievicz. So I don't know. I forget. I, I I heard it on the broadcast. I was incorrect. He will I, he will take I will it, it how I sound it out. I will get it. I will get the right uh, right pronunciation for old Nick. Uh, see, Mark Vicious. Uh, no, no, I mean it should be that because that's cool. That's how I'm doing. That sounds way cooler. All right, moving on here. Let's go out to Texas. 
another good hitting environment. And as you keyed in on pretty early in the season, solid offense. You don't really want to mess with them. You want to be careful, but not these two clowns. Uh, Rudin at Odor, he's got a, a Parazian OPS plus, WRC plus down in the 20s. Um, he does have two homers, two steals, but 141, 221, 244. God, he sucks. But then the <laughs> second that you kind of move on from him is when he seems to turn it around. At least I have experience with that because I've never been a fan. And so then I start to peel away and, and start to be like, yeah, this is why I didn't like him. And then he's like, ha psych. And then he comes through. But Danny Santana has been playing well. Uh, and then Nomar Mazzara is the other guy. He does have six homers, including a few against lefties. So there's some encouragement there. But then the the baseline, the 233, 288, 448 is pretty bad overall. It is weird that uh, for Mazzara, he's been much better against lefties than righties. So let's start with Odor and let me know what you're doing with the uh, Texas two-step here. It's been really, really bad. <laughs> um, like, that horrific. being said, it, you know, he's, he's sporting a 200 BABIP, uh, which shouldn't sustain itself. Uh this is, I think, again, this is very Peraza-esque in terms of this is what happens when you've got guys with these kind of plate profiles. And his strikeouts are through the roof, though, at 36%. And, you know, I can accept, even with his lack of walking, with the power and speed of, of Odor, you can accept like a 24 25% rate. I cannot accept a 36% rate. Now, interestingly enough, his chase rate's gone down. Mm-hmm. And his so strike rate's only gone up 3%. Which shouldn't contact in the zone, though. That's, so that's the big deal. Nerve-wracking yeah. for Odor, suggesting that he's just getting beat. They're doing the old, here it is, hit it, and uh, he's not hitting it. So a uh, 19 WRC+, plus, that's bad. And to that point, he's seeing way more fastballs this year than he has in the past. He's seeing, oh, they're just challenging. Yeah, 56% and they're, fastballs. His first pitch strike rate is down from 61 to 50%. So they're not even getting ahead. They're like, I don't care. We're going to throw you some trash early. You're going to flail at it. Then we're going to decimate you throughout the rest of the at-bat. So it couldn't be worse right now. Hey, you think you he's hurting from carrying my main event <laughs> team on his back? Yes, he and Hampson <laughs> all the way. My my, my three uh, my three middle infielders, uh, Hampson, Odor, and Scooter Jeanette. You know, uh, the been, crazy thing is, is that you could add – their WRC pluses, and it's still utterly horrific. <laughs> if you added Hampson and uh, Odor, it's a 34. Yeah, I, I think you just hold. This is going to turn around. He'll hit his way out of it. I know it's ugly right now, but we've seen stretches like this from him before, and he always seems to get to you know close to 20 home runs in the season. So I'm, I'm... let's get let's go shallow then. Let's go shallow leagues. Mm-hmm. I'm still Odor, really yeah. over like Danny Santana. Yes, over. I think there's a chance. I know Santana's been good, but I still think there's a chance when uh, uh, when Guzman comes back that they have to DFA him because they don't have a lot of roster crunch or roster room. But they do have a roster crunch, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, they do have a roster crunch. Yeah, I I think uh, honestly at this point, D Shields might get might get bopped over Santana if Santana continues to perform well. Um, well, let me find some names real quick here. Adam Frazier versus Odor. I I I think that is pretty equal. This is viable in the ESPN leagues because this guy I'm going to say is only on 40% of rosters. Michael Chavis, 40% versus Rugnet Odor, 57%. Ooh, 
I think I'm taking Odor still only because well, I know Chavis has been unreal, but mm-hmm. obviously he'll come down. But yeah, to he's going to come down, and then once they get healthy, there's a chance he could get sent back down, which I think is insane. No. But no, 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 no. I, I think he starts to take Mitch Moreland's time. Mitch Moreland's not good. Stop. Mitch Moreland's got like ten home runs, nine homers. Yeah, and 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 a, and a like one eighty average against right. Thank you, Matt Olson replacement. Not good. Uh, Brandon Lau. Or oh, wow. I don't think that's particularly close. Well, again, at ESPN leagues, it's 45% versus Odor 57%. Like, what's going on, man? I know they're shallow leagues, but what are we freaking doing? Those are people who aren't willing to scroll very far. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Their fingers hurt. All right. So that's uh, that's Odor Mazzara. Um, you know, I've always been a fan. I really didn't get too aggressive this year, though. It's just kind of three three straight 20 homer seasons, but the one last year was actually in 20 fewer games, so maybe there was a little bit of encouragement there. Like I said, he actually has three homers against lefties this year in a 9-11 OPS, but it's a 678 against righties that's holding him back. So he's 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 a tough one for me, Nomar Mazzara. Um Outfield being the way it is, I could see myself moving on in some of the shallower formats. Where are you in that kind of 12 to 15 team range, though, where it's kind of on the cusp for Nomar Mazzara? Yeah, I have no problem dropping him if you've got a better option. Uh, I love Mazzara, but he's just not he, – he debuted so young and just doesn't seem to have taken a step forward since yeah. then for the most he part. He seems to have just – been who he is mm-hmm. which is and, and like fine, hey but it's a passable major leaguer i mean he's going to be in the league another five six years at least even if he just does this but it's really not and fantasy this, yeah, the, the underlying skills have just gotten worse over time yeah. and, and this year so uh yeah i mean if you see someone out on the waiver the hard part is with the injuries right now and especially in 15 team leagues there's not much out there uh, yeah so like, i'm not in a 15-team league, I'm probably just holding on to him. But in a 12-team league, yeah, I have no problem cutting him for rest. Like rest of season um, between uh, Norm Mazzara and Dwight Smith Jr., Baltimore's best player. Give me, give me Dwight Smith, dude. Heck yeah, dude. I am like, Adding, like <laughs> second or third in that lineup. Yeah, I mean, six homers, four steals. Let's go. 298 average. Dwight Smith Jr. has been a beast. Which, by the way, he came from Toronto. So that's another junior that they had in their organization. Uh, they just love lineage players. What about like a um, playing time challenge but very good hitting Jose Martinez? Is that Martinez easily for you versus Mazzara? I don't know about easily, but I think I would do it. The, the hard part of Martinez is, like, where does he play on a regular basis? Yeah, because, oh, my God, every time I watch a Cardinals game and he plays, he's so bad in the outfield. Yeah, It's he's not just... always, like, errors, but he, like, he, he bobbles the ball or, like, overruns it. It's always something. He's just so uncomfortable out there. All right, last one, Jay Bruce, only hitting 183, but an AL high 11 homers. So similar to Mazzara where they've got some pop, although he has – five more homers than him but everything else is kind of kind of crummy who do you prefer there between bruce and mazzara both lefties bruce yeah i think too oh that's hard though yeah as much as i like mazzara i think i'm gonna go bruce all right let's go out to milwaukee here and talk about uh their their cornerman uh travis shaw at third base jesus aguilar at first they've been brutal i know jesus aguilar started to show a little sign of life uh last week but let's start with shaw he has been terrible. 49 WRC plus 172, 262, 310. Four homers, but that's that's it, man. The strikeout rate after coming down each of the last two years 
has skyrocketed back up to 31%. There were a lot of strikeouts in the regular or in spring training. And that is something that can carry over. Like we talk about strikeouts and walks to the basic, the most basic of stats can be something that you want to look at and actually take something from in spring. And that seems to have been um, at least an early harbinger of things to come for Travis Shaw. It's been rough. We talked about how deep third base is. What are you doing with Travis Shaw? I'm holding, but I'm reserving him. Okay. Uh, it's hard because I, I love Travis Shaw, but this is, is it's really hard. And it's, very similar to what pitchers are doing against Odor is they're just beating him. This isn't the, a matter the, of the, like getting him to chase challenge. out of the zone. Like yeah, yep. they're just they're going right at him. Zone contact has dropped almost twenty percent from last year. Here's an interesting one uh, because it it would address the thing that he's hurt you the most in, which is the batting average. Travis Shaw versus Jeff McNeil. They're about the same rate, 66 for Shaw, 71 for McNeil at ESPN leagues. I think that is fair. I'm not. I think it just depends on what your team needs in terms of. Yeah, if you've got some other or, average yeah. anchors that that are hurting you along with Shaw, and you want to start to fix it, I think you could go with McNeil. What about Yandy Diaz, who's only 52 percent at ESPN? <laughs> what is up with the ESPN leagues? Uh, I'll take Diaz. Jan Dizzle. Uh, and I mentioned Chavis. He also has third base eligibility, so you could you could possibly go that way as well. In, what in a shorter in a in a smaller league, like I, I would go Chavis just because the replace there there'll be the Travis Shaws and just, the waiver wire if something yeah, goes wrong with Or Yandy Diaz will still be hanging out yeah, there in half, some of, reason, half yeah, of leagues. So yeah, I agree. I think I think Shaw needs to be moved in shower leagues. I think ten and twelve team, you move on. Fifteen team you reserve and, and hang on as long as you can. Because I, I do think it could turn around and the power can be there with some chip in speed and a good lineup. But uh, in the in the shower formats, I am moving on from Travis Shaw. Jesus Aguilar, as I mentioned, started to show some signs of life, hit three homers in two days. So obviously had a multi-homer game there. Um, didn't really do much the rest of the week. Only ended up with two hits there. But, you know, a sign of life. Uh, three homers and a 375 average in 20 plate appearances. What are you doing with Jesus Aguilar right now, who's been brutal? Yeah, I mean, over the last two weeks, he's in 273, 385, 727 with those three, those aforementioned three home runs. Uh, I'm holding for right now. Uh, and in kind of, especially in daily moves leagues where you can kind of sit him versus righties and throw him in versus a lefty. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing for the time being. Uh, the problem is the Brewers have so many talented players that are looking for full-time playing time that James uh, yeah, do what to do to Aguilar, what Aguilar did to him last year. Exactly. Uh, and okay. like Ryan Braun has been you know, yeah, better as of late. So six hit game. I mean, I know he got like two games worth of innings to do it, but I don't care how long the game goes. You get six hits, it, it's an impressive game because you're dragging by the end of it anyway. So uh, okay, a few names then. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, only sixty three percent of the ESPN leagues. Yeah, I'll take and, Okay, um, let's see here. Justin Smoke, sixty three percent as well. I'll take Smoke. Aguilar, by the way, is at 68%. The aforementioned Matt Olson, if you're in a shower league, go scoop Matt Olson off the wire for Jesus Aguilar. Okay. And then Christian Walker at 52%. I think I, I, I think I would. Oh, yeah, that's a line for me. Okay. Okay, so that's the cutoff there. All right, so that's Milwaukee. Let's go back out to Cincinnati. We talked a lot about some of the decent things that they had going on. Let's get into the crap and talk about Yasiel Puig and Joey Votto, two guys I 
love. Two of like my favorite players in the league have been horrific. Now, I was priced out of Puig for the second year in a row, so I don't really have him anywhere. So I guess the, that that kind of saved me uh, because he's been, you know, I mean, he was going super high, and even even I was like tapping the brakes, like I love him, but holy smokes! Yeah, he was that going like said, the fourth, fifth rounds, and I, I just couldn't do it. That said, the counting categories are there. He has five homers and and four steals. Even with this crappy line you extrapolated out, it's a 26-21 season, but it's 205, 240, 368. So the adjustment's been rough. And then Joey Votto, I mentioned earlier, uh, I said 350. I, I overshot his OBP by 20 points. He's at 331 OBP. So even in those leagues, he's not really doing much. 216, 331, 360 after the ugly season last year for Joey Votto. They've both been rough. Let's start with Puig. Where are you at on our boy? I think Puig will turn it around. I think the BABIP is killing him a little bit. He's still hitting the ball hard. Uh, he's chasing more than he probably should be, but he's always been a guy that's kind of chased 42% more than... 42% O-swing. Yeah. I know, I know that's, that's concerning, but considering that, he's still got a 75% contact rate and an 85% zone contact rate, which are just uh, you know a little bit below his his numbers from last year. Uh, like I said, still hitting the ball hard. Babip is uh, kind of getting Babipped a little bit. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, that that smacks of trying to fix everything in like one game all the time. If you're chasing that much, like he's just he's just going for it when uh, when he should be a little bit more patient and trying to let it come. And I understand, you know, he, he's in the new city trying to figure things out. Um, this is an interesting buy low. I think I would actually go out and knock on some doors about Puig. two sixty over the last uh, two weeks. So. Okay. Uh, for me, I just want to see him maybe stops, maybe instead of trying to swing his way out of it, be a little bit more patient at the plate. Yes, the, the well, walk, maybe walk, walk his way out yeah, of it a little bit. Exactly. Make make pitchers come to him as opposed to trying to chase after things. Agreed. Agreed. And maybe just maybe just get that spark too. That one good series can kind of turn you around. Um, at least the counting categories are there though. So I think at worst you're going to get like Ian Desmond's crap season last year, which wouldn't. It's not what you want. It's not what you paid for. But it would it would salvage something with Des, uh, with uh, uh, with Puig. So I could see buying him for sure. I'm, I'm not like I said. I'm knocking on doors. Vado, I'm officially concerned. Old carpet legs here, man. I am. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm worried about <laughs> about him. Um, dude, like. He had 12 homers last year, and he did have his OBP working, though. So that's why I stuck with him in the NL only in an OBP league. He had 417, which led the NL, you know, so even though he only had a 419 slug to go with, his, his OBP and slug were two points apart. I was like, okay, I'll take my OBP, though, and get my power elsewhere. He's got three homers this year, which is probably more than he had in 32 games last year, but a 331 OBP is so crap. Like, what's going on, man? Is he just is he just losing it at age thirty five? Do we just have to face reality here? I don't honestly get what is going on here. Uh, I think part of it may be that he is just tinkering with things a little bit too much, and he needs to maybe break things down and kind of go back to basics a bit. Mm. Because I mean, there's nothing that necessarily screams. You know, uh, like that he should be regressing this hard, this fast. Yeah, they're indiscernible. His his plate skills are indiscernibly different. Mm-hmm. The, some some of the jumps are are 
a couple yeah, games from being right back where they should be. Exactly. And it just it doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh this is a guy that I'll be talking about on the on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits pod tonight. And so yeah, you know, you start diving in, it's like, okay, the Babip is kind of marketably lower uh than where it probably should be. So the average should peak back up twenty to thirty points. But even that doesn't like even come close. I mean, this is a guy we've always expected to hit kind of 300. And even if the power didn't return to 30 home runs and it, it was, you know, more in the 20 to 25 level, we were still going to be happy. Th- at this point, like, he's not getting the gains uh, in terms of, like, exit velocity everybody else is getting by the juice ball. So maybe right. that's what we should be concerned by is while everybody else is getting these these gains, he's not in spite of the fact that he's still barreling the ball. Uh, you know, pretty much in line with where he always has, like nine yeah. percent level uh, barrel percentage. It's but actually his... up from last year when when he he did tamp down last year to six point seven percent. He's at nine percent, which like we're you said is in seeing, line. We're also seeing like everybody's barreling the ball at percentages that we've like his ex batting average is in the tenth percentile in the league. That means ninety percent of the league has a better X batting average. This is that's not, expected. That's like that's yeah. You know, that's taking you almost the wonder skills. if there's an injury, if the back is right? bothering him more than he's saying, and he he needs to go on the IL. You think he's hurting from carrying my uh, main event <laughs> team? This is a good meme, man. This is still making me laugh. So I hope the the <laughs> listeners are enjoying it. So it's another first baseman. So we get into some of the same names. And, and kind of figure out where your cutoff is. Uh, let's start with um, Jose Martinez. No. no I'm not. Justin Smoke. No. Yael Cabrera. Let's go higher then. Um, I'm not dropping Joey Votto. And I've gotten a lot of these questions. And maybe I'm just the, the captain of Titanic yeah, going down with the ship. Uh, but I, like I've gotten a lot of, is it time to drop Joey Votto? And I'm giving it at least another two to three weeks. Is it weeks. time to buy then? Because you're I not mean, paying Joey Votto prices at yeah, all. If you're paying the price of you know one of those guys, you especially like a Jose Martinez, I would I would do that in a heartbeat. Like, yeah, take my Jose Martinez. I'll take your Joey Votto and just pray for the best. Can, okay, now this is the true buy low, sell high. Mm-hmm. Do you trade Christian Walker in like a twelve team league? Yes, for Joey Votto, straight up for sure, without question. That is buy low, sell high, folks. Forget all the other bullshit about trying to go steal somebody who's actually performing well when you look under the hood. This is stinky. It's ugly. It looks bad. He's old, but he has a proven track record of like 15 years. And even if he gets back to last year, you're still going to get a lot of average and OBP goodness, even if the, the power doesn't come all the way back for a guy who's you know 28 and has been good for five minutes. Christian Walker for Joey Votto. It'd be hard, but I, yeah, I think you gotta, I think you gotta do it. Um, okay, last team here, and then you gotta get out. Uh, let's stay in the same division here. Let's talk about our old friend Matt Carpenter. <laughs> we never make mistakes with this. I had to bring. I actually had a different pair here, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? We gotta talk about this because, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna own it, dude. And this might be bad analysis on this one, and. I'll I'll take my L right now. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing anything with him for at least a month. I don't care. It was such a disaster last year um, when with the analysis and, that I gave and thought thinking that he was too hurt and the shoulder that we had talked about in the preseason with Jason and everything that I I jumped off too quickly. 
I'm sitting tight for at least another month before I assess it. But I did include Carpenter and Yadi Molina. They've both been rough. Let's start with Carpenter. Where are you at? You, you with me? You're, you're holding tight, or are you ready to dive back in and tell people to get rid of him again? I'm definitely not going to tell people to get rid of him because I, I think what he has proven is that he can turn things around on the dime. On the dime, yep. And I don't think that the Cardinals would have extended him in the offseason uh, if they had any concerns about his health. So I don't think this is a health issue. Maybe this is a cold weather thing, or okay. maybe this is just he's having another slow start because he's a little bit older and the joints take maybe a little bit longer to get lubricated. Uh, he's seven percent homer to fly. Yeah, his ex batting average is nineteenth percentile, so he's like nine percent better than Joey Votto. <laughs> now, the one difference between last year and this is that his his uh, Statcast stuff last year was encouraging, mm -hmm. and that was something you could kind of hang your hat on. It isn't so much this year with Matt Carpenter. No, it is not. So you you have to take a little bit more of the of the leap of faith. That said, while the hard hit contact is not through the roof, the soft is is really sharp. Um, it was at nine percent last year. It's at five point six. So he, it's a lot of medium. It's not so much hard, but he's that telling me that he's not you know just uh, wet newspapering it up there. And like I said, yeah. seven percent on the homer to fly ball tells me that even if that just gets back to the career eleven percent, let alone last year's nineteen or the twelve and thirteen of the years before. I mean, he's been a firm double digit guy, so seven percent has to get better for, for Matt Carpenter. There's nothing that says there's a big strikeout, you know, uh, gain here. His skills look in line. So even though the the Statcast metrics aren't off the charts, everything else is still good for for Matt Carpenter. I think I would buy here too. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. I don't think there's a ton to uh, to worry about with Carpenter. I think the fact that he's healthy, that they haven't had to like move him around the infield a bunch because of the shoulder, uh, is are all underlying symptoms of that a breakout is going to come. So I'm not I'm not this that is, worried with Carpenter. This is gonna be fun. We're gonna get whipsawed. We were we we quit him too early last year and we're not gonna quit him early enough this year. This that's, is that's so how fun life and works. neat and cool and sweet. All right, Yadi Molina, um only hitting two sixty two, two ninety two, three eighty five, two homers, two steals. Catcher's so bad though that he's probably like the third ranked catcher. I I, I haven't looked, but like it's probably something stupid <laughs> he's no like James that. James McCann or yeah, or, or apparently or Christian Vasquez or yeah, Fegley or or Mitch Garver. These these guys just coming out of nowhere. Um, but I do think that this one kind of answers itself because catcher is is so bad that at least in two catcher leagues, I don't think you can really do anything with him. So let's not focus there. Let's go to one catcher. What are you doing with Yachty? Are you are you chasing a flavor of the month? Oh, he is eight. He's right in between Garver and McCann. I told you, <laughs> catcher's so bad that even with uh, this the thing about the thing about Molina is he's gonna play every day. Every day. I mean that you know he'll get the one off yeah. day every once in a while. They gotta drag him out of the lineup for crying out so, loud. So like I prefer a guy like Molina because he's always gonna be in the lineup. He's actually striking out about half as almost half as much as last year too. It's a 268 BABIP. Now he's not a huge BABIP guy, so I wouldn't expect that to like run up to 300. He's super slow, but if it gets back closer to say 2017's 285, last year was at 264 though, so it might just stay there the BABIP. But he's already hitting 262. I think what we could really see though is a power increase. 
like Carpenter, he has a a painfully low homer to fly ball rate for Yadi Molina. It's at six percent. Last couple of years were fourteen and eleven percent respectively. So I think we could see a little bit of a power boost from Yadi. Like I said, though, he he you know, leads catchers this year in runs batted in. There I you know go. RBI isn't like a predictive stat, but it just shows you that like means, he's going to compile to yep. a level that uh, a lot of other guys aren't going to get to. He, he's got more plate appearances than any catcher uh, at the major league level, um, more games played, uh, and more RBI. So I'm like, even if he's struggling, he's going to continue to play because he is like the Cardinal mascot. Yeah, I think uh, so. that's a great great way to put it. I m- maybe just should have cl- included somebody else on here. I was just I wanted to include Carpenter, and I saw they were both kind of in the 80s of OPS plus. But maybe I should have been like Tyler O'Neill, although he got sent down. So I don't know who else I would have included because I'm not even sure you can buy low on Molina. I think people would still say, "No, nah, no, nah, I need I need something because yeah. that's my that's my catcher." Yeah, what there. Do you, yeah, what do you, I mean? Unless someone's got like Garver and Molina, and they're they're having to switch back and forth or something like that. Yes, yeah, that'd be that'd be about the only way. But so go check if somebody did pick up one of the uh, Narvaez, Fegley, Garver, McCann, Vasquez, who are five, six, seven, nine, and ten respectively, with Molina at eight on the player raider then maybe you can jump in and, and and take Molina off their hands at a little bit of a discount there but uh, that was more about carpenter anyway so um all right justin i think that's going to wrap us up uh we'll put the DraftKings together tonight and it'll be out on twitter it'll be in the road to write up it'll be in the facebook group make sure you join we're going to go buck 50 again we Let's did it. it and uh, oh and we did not give love to who won last week matt wood from uh, so, guru elite i believe Congratulations, Matt. Apologies for that. Uh, we got to talking about I don't even remember because Jen had asked me and I was like, Oh my god, we didn't even we didn't even have right, tips. Uh, so, he goes by apologies. Matt he goes by Matty at, at Matty Wood or at underscore Matty Wood, but his actual name is uh, Matthew Davis. And um, he and he routed one eighty one to one sixty five. I would have uh, been second had I played my tout wars yeah you had a huge day and i was yeah. like oh so then you did well in ours and you're like no that no, was i played a different lineup enough. like i scored half as much as i did like i, I won tout daily and and like finished like 80 something in ours uh just it's been my season though i i won i think about 400 bucks in, in gpps that night so that is it, pretty nice it worked out well though another 80 or 90 bucks would have been nice uh, i was 143 out of 150 and uh, technically out of 149 because one person didn't put in the lineup. So I, I had a huge bang-up night. Um, <laughs> literally no one got double digits on my offense. We're so good Lit- at this. Oh, we're so sick at it, dude. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll put that together uh, probably shortly here because once the game starts, I can create it. And so it'll be a- around probably by the time you're listening to this. So, Justin, you get going. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.